0: Welcome to the Rebel Speaker Podcast, where we break the tried and true presentation rules so that you can create a speech that stands out, makes an impact, and positions you as the go-to expert. And now your host, the instigator of the presentation rebellion, Dr. Michelle Mazer. Hello, hello, Rebel Speakers. Today, we are doing something a little bit different. This something is called the Movement Makers Spotlight, where I'll be featuring speakers, business owners, catalysts, and change makers who are creating something bigger than a speaking career or a business. They are focused on creating a movement. And in the spotlight today, we have Nikki Groom, who is on a mission to help you own your voice and use it to grow your business and make an impact. She is the host of the Movement Makers podcast, which was one of the reasons I wanted her on the show. And it features in-depth conversations and unfiltered stories from business leaders and entrepreneurs who are making a difference on the planet. And she's also the founder of the 100 Stories Worth Telling Project which seeks to amplify the voices of underrepresented entrepreneurs all over the world. So since Nikki and I both have a passion for people who are starting movements, I thought I'd invite her on the show and we could just jam about movement makers. So welcome, Nikki, to the Rebel Speaker Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I'm excited too because I love the fact that you and I both share that focus on creating something bigger than just a business or just a speaking career or just a podcast so I'm curious, what made you interested in interviewing movement makers?
1: Yeah, and actually, this is a really, um, just a side note to get us started here, because I always thought that everyone was like you and me, and I worked with a strengths finder coach friend of mine a while back, and because one of my strengths is significance, which is around really kind of making a bigger impact in the world. She was like, yeah, not everyone wants to do that, you know, and I was like, oh, okay. I just assumed <laughs> that a lot of people do, and I think a lot of people do, but not everyone. I really got into it, so... When I first started my copywriting business, which was the first business that I started as an entrepreneur, I had the fortune of working with client after client after client who had these incredible stories of things that they had been through, but they'd pulled themselves through it and displayed incredible resilience to start their own businesses and really make a success of their lives what I found was that they would have this great business idea that played to all of their strengths but they were really struggling to find the right words to put it into motion and so that's where I was able to kind of come in and help them bring it to life and really amplify their voice and help them find their voice in the first place as well because they wanted to sound more like themselves they wanted to stand out as I went along I became kind of really fascinated by that interplay between what we've been through and what we decide to do with our lives, that real sense of purpose that kind of ties that whole journey together. And I kept having these you know, clients who would come to me as I tweaked my own copy and my own messaging. I found that more and more of the right people were coming my way. And I used to get really tied up. If you're in the online business space in particular, you, you'll hear about how you need to have this ideal client avatar. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time that I ever filled out all these questions that help you figure out who that person is, you know, what do they read? What do they watch? What do they eat? Where do they go? And I just got so frustrated because I created this avatar and then I thought, I don't know if that's her or I don't know if that's him. (laughs) And I realized that what I'm really fascinated with is, you know, what are the people that I most wanna serve? What are they struggling with and how are they feeling and how can I speak to that in a way that makes them feel seen and heard and understood? How can I meet that need? I also realized that the people I most wanted to work with, they shared the value or strength, if you will, of wanting to really make a difference. And actually, I'm talking around this a lot, but basically, it was so simple. That, you know, the people that I most felt drawn to were the people that were making a difference.
0: So I'll stop there and I'll let you know. <laughs> I'll, uh, yeah. answer that question. <laughs> yeah, because, well, there's a lot to unpack there. So yeah. I think you were completely right that you and I are programmed to want to make a difference. And like my why has always been communication changes the world. Yeah. And true. Yeah. And it's, absolutely true. But I realize that not everybody wants to change the world and that's okay. Like that is absolutely okay. But like you, it's like the people that I'm most drawn to really want to like shake up their industry in some sort of way, really make an impact on their clients. It's not as satisfying for me. And I don't know if you find this to work with people who don't share that. Like they're just like, oh, I just want to have a business or I just want to speak I just want to be on stage. I'm like, meh. So I've discovered that there were certain questions that I always used
1: to like to ask people when I was interviewing them to kind of get out of them the copy gold that I needed to write their messaging. And one question that I always could rely on was, why do you do what you do? And that would just always open this door. And so often that would, you know, a big piece of that would be their story. But oftentimes it was tied in with this greater sense of purpose and this desire to really do something with their strengths and their skills. And so I learned early on, you know, some people will answer that question. It's not a wrong answer, but they would be only focused on themselves. And that's not a wrong answer. We're all honest. We're all starting our businesses, not only because, you know, we might want to make an impact, but because we maybe want more freedom and we want to find more fulfillment out of life or whatever it might be, or more financial independence. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think that our why shouldn't stop there. It needs Mm -hmm. to have um, this bigger implication. Otherwise, uh, yeah, I'm I'm not not so into working with those people. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. yes. No, there's nothing else. You know, (laughs) nothing deeper beyond that.
0: I know. They're just like, I just want to make money. And you're like... Awesome. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> not, not the person for me. So right, that right. actually brings us right into the next question I had for you is how do you define who is a movement maker? What are those characteristics? What are you looking for?
1: Yeah. And it's funny because I feel like I don't want to give like a dictionary definition answer. I did write down a response to this, but I I kind of don't want to read it out because I think it would be obvious that I'm reading it out because I was like, well, how do you you define a movement maker? But I think at the end of the day, it's people who really want to facilitate change on a grand scale, but they also know that they can't do it by themselves. There's this call, I guess, to use their voice and their platform to really rally people around them Mm
0: -hmm.
1: in pursuit of this change Yeah, I guess that's how I define it.
0: I love that because especially with speakers that they – don't do enough to rally people around them. It's like, if you really want to create a change, if you really want to rebel against the status quo, you can't do that by yourself. You just can't be like, this sucks and I want it to change. And you're just talking to yourself. But it becomes about how do I call those people in who see the same thing that I do and want it to be different? Yes. We're
1: living in this incredible time. I listened to a talk a while back from a crisis management expert who talked about the fact that it takes seven seconds for something to go viral around the world on social media. You know, you have the likes of Tarana Burke who started the Me Too movement 25 years ago Mm -hmm. and is still working every day. And if she didn't have the degree of recognition she has now, she would still be doing that work regardless. But you see Hollywood kind of caught hold of the Me Too hashtag and the ripple effect that that has had in recent months has just been incredible and then we see that again recently with the never again movements time is up the times that we're living in are very uncertain and volatile and they're moving faster and faster and faster and that can be a good thing if you are using your voice to create change then you have more of an opportunity to get the word out there but absolutely you have to use your voice whether that's on stage or whether that's, you know, through social media, through your writing, through your the emails that you send out or whatever it might be. Yeah, yeah. there definitely has to be the action piece if you want to get from A to B.
0: Yeah, you know, you bring up a good point. It's not just speaking or it's not just social media. It's really using all of those things to have your voice and be known and seen as a leader of the movement, of somebody who is, you know, holding space for this change that they want to have created in the world. And yeah, the Parkland High School students have been amazing at that, to love like keeping that space and putting people's feet to the fire around gun control and gun violence in schools. So I, yeah, like I love watching how people can use their voice and how a movement can start like in a snap, like it just starts. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) You have the Movement Makers podcast. You also have the 100 100 Stories Worth Telling project. What have been some of your biggest ah ahas and insights from interviewing movement makers and underrepresented entrepreneurs?
1: Some of my biggest ah ahas, I think because I started this as an entrepreneur who is trying to grow a business that also has a positive impact in the world. Mm -hmm. And so my kind of niche was and is helping people to find their voice and use it. And you you had mentioned the leadership piece a second ago. And I think that that is a big piece of my work is really helping people own what it means to be a leader, because that can be really hard, particularly if you don't necessarily see yourself represented in certain spaces. So I'm really interested in, in that. And also from my own, again, you know, I, I do think that so much of this work does link back to our own experiences, you know, the struggle to find my voice and to stand up as a leader has been immense, incredible amounts of resistance. And it's not over, you know, every day, it's mm-hmm. like, it's so hard to keep showing up and keep showing up. So a lot of the guests that I've had on are people that I admire, because they've been able to build a business that I think is doing really great things. You know, for example, I had Tanya Geiser on who talks about the imposter complex, which trips so many people up when it comes to being a leader. I had Randy Buckley on who talks about boundaries. I've had lots of different people on and lots of different people queued up to come on, which I'm really excited about, yourself included. Mm-hmm. But I, I also see that, because my podcast is still relatively new, it started a year ago. And I also see that there is, as I talked about, you know, the world that we're living in is is moving at an ever faster rate. And there's this urgency, I think, around um, not sitting back, not holding back. Mm -hmm. Um, not sitting on things that we could be doing. So I realized now that I have this platform, okay, so how could I be getting you know, how can I be getting to, you know, maybe I can get people on who can speak more to social and political movements. I mean, that is a world that, again, that there's this desire for me to kind of play small. Oh, I don't know if I can quite move there yet. But also, I think if we have that opportunity, then we shouldn't hold back. Like it would mean, for example, it would be incredible to get Tarana Burke on my my podcast. It would just Mm -hmm. be like a dream come true because she's what I love about her. It's not so much about the business side of things. It's about like actually making a difference no matter what Yep, you know, doing the work, no matter what, no matter how many, how much money you're bringing in. And that is, I have so much respect for people who do that. So I do see that. I don't think I really answered your question in terms of what I've learned. I think the guests that I've had on have taught me really valuable things about showing up as a leader. Um, And have taught my listeners the same thing. But I think as we move forward, I would love to really deepen into that and Mm -hmm. really go beyond my comfort zone to understand more of what that means in Really critical spaces where we need people's voices more than ever.
0: Yeah, the leadership piece is fascinating to me because I've been thinking more about that as well. Because what I've noticed in the speaking industry, and one of the things I'm rebelling against personally, is that speakers in the industry have become these commodities and they are not elevating themselves to that position of leadership. And when you tell people, well, if you're a speaker, you're a leader, they're like, Ooh, (laughs) really? No, I'm not a leader. I'm just on stage for 45 minutes and then I go off my merry way and I'm like – and that's the problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, It is really about using our influence for good and embracing that role. So dealing with the imposter complex, dealing with boundary issues, because if you are wanting to make a difference, and I don't care how you do that, you have to lead. Yeah, you have
1: to. And that there, there are parallels with entrepreneurship in general, because, you know, I always describe entrepreneurship as the steepest of learning curves and you have to, I don't know if I can swear on this. No, you can swear. <laughs> okay. We have to get over your own shit pretty quickly. Uh-huh. Otherwise you're just going to get in your own way. And so that stands no matter what kind of, you know, I'm, I have typically stayed very close to the business realm in the past, but no matter what kind of a leader you are, you need to get over your own stuff. And it's, you know, it's not just your own stuff. It's, other, it's stuff that other people have have put on you as well over time. But it's fascinating. And as I deepen more into this journey, it's really, really interesting what I've learned. And
0: you'll have to listen to the podcast <laughs> to, to get the full, because I, I feel like I've kind of
1: danced around this question. But yeah,
0: yeah, but I think the insights about leadership is really yeah. a big takeaway. And the other thing that I was thinking about as you were talking is that leadership is about the people who are following you. It's about doing right. Yeah right by them. It's about elevating them so that they themselves can become leaders as well. So it's less about like, hey, look at me. And it's like, hey, look at all of us. Like, yeah. And that's, and I think that's what that leadership component is. And I don't think, I don't think we talk about it enough or it feels like, oh, leadership, whatever. (laughs)
1: I just had this conversation yesterday with a group of girlfriends and we were talking about the fact that on the one hand, we want to learn to shine brighter. And so that means, you know, if you have a message, if you have a movement, you know, using your voice, getting it out there, stopping playing small. Mm -hmm. Um, But on the other hand, there's also this fear. Well, you know, I definitely don't ever want to be seen as some kind of guru or, you know, I'd even hesitate to call myself an expert, although I guess I am of sorts in certain areas. Mm -hmm. Like I don't want it to be all about me. But it's difficult to sort of to find that line because you you want to shine but then you don't want to shine so brightly so one of the ways that I deal with that actually is I want to bring people up with me Mm -hmm. and so I'm always teaching what I need to learn very honest about I think I've even said it during this conversation like or I may have done before we started recording like I am an open book and like I never want to pretend that I've got it all figured out I never want to pretend that I'm perfect That you know I'm still trying to figure things out and you know I share a lot of things on social media that explain that to people you know this is what I'm dealing with right now you might be dealing with it too. And when we do that, we kind of liberate other people from feeling like they need to be perfect or have it all figured out as well. And so I'm a big believer in that. I think, I think one is, so. It's, yeah, again, it's that balance. So like, I think it's important for us to show up as leaders, but at the same time, I think it's important for us to bring other people up with us. And I guess that, yes. that that coming back to your question earlier is really what a movement maker is all about.
0: Yes, no, I totally agree. It's about elevating those voices around us who also need to be heard. I think that in essence, and also I love the transparency. I know as I'm writing my three word rebellion book, I'm just like, I'll go on Facebook Live and I'll talk about what I'm struggling with or people ask me questions about it and I don't have it like a thousand percent figured out and it's okay to be like, hey, I'm still thinking about that. (laughs) Exactly. And I've always said that with
1: my 100 stories worth telling projects as well. When I first started it, I was like, okay, so I can't tell you where this is going. Mm -hmm. And I still, I still can't tell you. Someone just asked me the other day, they said, are you going to write a book from all the stories? I was like, yeah, maybe. (laughs) I mean, I haven't figured out that piece yet. I just kept hearing these incredible stories time and time and time again. And I knew that I had a platform and that I could use it to share these stories. So I wanted to do that. And again, yeah, being very transparent about the fact I haven't figured out where this is going. I feel the need to do it. I'm going to do it. We'll figure out the rest of it later on.
0: So one last question for you. What change would you like to create in the world? Oh, that's a good question.
1: Isn't it? Yeah. So, it's funny because I'm usually the, the person asking the questions, and I love asking like <laughs> big meaty questions, and then I just go quiet and i'm like I just, I just sort of sit back and let them answer <laughs> no i'm on I'm in the hot seat. I've mentioned it a few times during this conversation, but I was trying to explain I'm in a transition in my own business right now mm-hmm. and we had talked about prior to before we started recording about the fact that I'm moving away from one-on-one copywriting more into this leadership work, I guess you could say. I was trying to explain it to a friend the other day and I was like, you know, it's not this, it's not that. And I got really frustrated and I just said, you know, what it really comes down to is that I want to help people find their voice. And and then I was like, actually, I don't want to help people find their voice because they've already got a voice. I want (laughs) to help them figure out where where their voice is and I want to help them use it. And if I can do that, if I can help people who genuinely want to create positive change in the world, if I can help them use their voice, get their message out there and start a movement, oh my gosh, like even if I help one person do that, you know, then I i did something really great.
0: Yeah. I feel like that as well. I feel like you and I are on a similar trajectory. I think we are I, too, yeah. Because yeah, I do. It's like if I can help one person start a movement, like get their voice out there, own it, like own their power, own their influence, own their leadership, then I've done my work for this lifetime. I'm yeah. good to go. Woo, we're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So Nikki, tell us where we can find you online.
1: So I keep it simple. Big fan of keeping things simple. Uh, NikkiGroom.com, dot com. And I'm all over social pretty much everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Nikki Groom as well. And I also have a Facebook page for the 100 Stories Worth Telling Project.
0: Yeah. So I highly recommend you guys check out her Movement Makers podcast. It's The interviews are excellent and insightful and they do deal with the leadership questions and also check out the hundred stories worth telling project. Cause those stories are compelling. You will learn so much from the people who are featured. So thank you so much, Nikki, for being on the podcast. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. I really appreciate it. You are welcome. Thank you so much for listening to the rebel speaker podcast. If you're loving this show, Please rate and review it on iTunes. It is the best way for speakers like you to find out about us. And you can learn more about Communication Rebels coaching and consulting services that help business owners and speakers make a bigger impact with their message while building a speaking business on their own terms at drmichellemazer.com.